0: Peace, peace. This is King Kashmir checking in on the Fly Fidelity podcast with my man Luke. You know what I mean? He's just chopping it up about the album to end all alien abductions. Enjoy. First I say, you, what we gonna, gonna you do? Gonna then you say, say, I don't know. What do you want to do? What we gonna do? What, what you wanna, wanna do? I have an idea. You gonna dig this? The Fly Fidelity podcast is, is the, the solution.
1: solution. It's the, the best. best. Check it out. You wanna get super flat, flat. Details just ahead. Do you love credible content, but 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 hate how long you have to wait? And who wants super thick and frothy dumpster juice with rat corpses in it? There's a better way. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly. Fly. Fly Fidelity. Fidelity. Fly Fidelity podcast.
0: Fly Fidelity, baby.
1: Fidelity, baby. Fidelity.
2: With your host Luke Bailey. Welcome to the program. On this very special season finale, we're joined by King Kashmir to discuss his latest release, the album To End All Alien Abductions. Enjoy the conversation. Oh.
1: Yo, it's a quarter to midnight. Look up in the sky and peep the light show. Oh, eyes glow like a popice. High, type four, fiber, optic, hot shit. The system lord is in the cockpit. If the key makers a thing, then I'm the locksmith. Yeah, ill than the architect, Not for death, living with a heart of stress. Speaking who the evil queen's gonna target next. Yes, stress. I saw them in the back room, ARG, looking for daisies, but they can't see. I'm right in front of you. With an old AR3, no
2: escape, no doors, more sailor. Why don't we start with the name of the release? Why the album to end all alien abductions.
0: Well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, over the, um, millennia, um, alien abductions have been a real problem for the human race. So I thought, you know what? Now is the time to put my foot down and let people know, let them know it's over. Do you know what I mean? And, um, that's really it, it's really my service to mankind. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, it, it's needed. Someone needed to step up to the plate and that person was me, accompanied by Alex DeLarge. Do you know what I'm
2: saying? Well, you've been warning us about aliens since you released the Aliens are coming in 2004. Yeah. Was there any catalyst or, or specific moment that pushed you into thinking about a direction for this project?
0: Well, a I, I, I picture like this. Uh... Uh, this album, it's it's, it's interesting because I said it before. When I came across um, Alex's music, it kind of resonated with me in a sense. In a sense of, there's a lot of people that wear the um, the boom bap sort of banner, or you know, the the thing that you know. Right. Everyone talks about oh, they do boom bap. Everyone talks about the 90s, this and that. Right, but a lot of the time when I hear the music, and this is obviously no disrespect to anyone in particular, but you know, whenever I hear the music, I think, yeah, cool. You know, you you you, you chopped some breaks or whatever, but it it never sounds like what they're claiming. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, maybe I guess it's maybe a new version of what they're claiming or whatever. But when I was listening to Alex's music, it 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 literally took me back to when I was thirteen. You know, what I'm saying it took me right back. To like the, to the early 90s so so with this album you know I saw when I was listening to the beats I, I sort of saw an opportunity to make the album that I've wanted to make since I was a kid since I was a kid at home listening to Max, Alex and Davey J or DJ 279 mm. on the radio back in the day you know that that's the album I this is the type of album I wanted to make, make since then do you know what I mean so yeah, so it's kind of like it's kind of like spiritual in a way because it kind of took me back to simpler times, you know. What I mean, it gave me that feeling. Like a lot of the time when I make music, it's um it's based on the feeling that the beats give me. You know what I mean? So, you know, jumping ahead, for example, my next project is with a producer from Brighton called Cuff. And um, I'm calling that I'm calling that project Sounds Like Home because when i was listening to his beats you know as i've gotten older right where i grew up as becoming more and more important to me do you know what i mean like as i was growing up i never really thought of things like that it's like kind of like wherever i was is wherever i was do you know what i mean but as i get as i've gotten older where i grew up has become so important to me i think about it a lot do you know what i mean and the sort of vibe that that area my, my peoples give me. And when I was listening to those beats, it kind of just gave me that, that feeling of that area. I could close my eyes and just, just think of that. So, so I say all that to say, you know, I'm very motivated by the music that's in front of me. I'm definitely not uh, a rapper that is, um, motivated by necessarily words really. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, um, you know, if there's no music, there's no bars, basically, do you know what I mean, with me. So, so yeah, so to answer your, to, to answer your question, the, the motivation was literally the music that Alex put in front of me. Do you know what I mean? And then everything sort of fell into place from there. You know what I mean? What makes
2: this album so special is that it's, it's almost an album out of time, mm, but yeah. on time. It's also yeah. an album very much on time. And I was wondering, what is it about time and your intentions of breaking it that works for you as a writer?
0: Um, I think, uh, well, I can put you like this. Like when, when I do get creative, I tap into the times that I felt music the most, right? And those times were times past, right? But the thing is as well, I always, because I exist in now, do you know what I'm saying. Hmm. I think that as much as I, you know, tap into times past. I, you know, I'm 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 a very self-aware person in that in that sense. I know where I'm at, but I also know where what I love as well. So I think the the time you know the the sort of play off of the past and the present not even necessarily the future, but the past and the present, um you know, play into how I make my music. Do you know what I'm saying? It's um, you know, it it's 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 a mindfulness of of not only just like events, current events, but how things move. Like movement changes over time as well. Even if you look at even if you look at music, right? If you look at um hip hop music from say let's let's say the the movement of the music the actual patterns and the way the way it moves and the way it affects you right had changed between let's say the mid 80s even up to the late 80s and then the late 80s through the 90s there was all the way the way it moved was very different right so like for example um you know a lot of people uh sort of my um, comment on how in the mid 80s, people would use a lot of drum machines, for example, right? People would use the TR-808 or the DMX uh, uh, drum machine, right? And they'll program stuff in a certain way, right? It's very electronic, you know what I mean? A lot of people like to talk about analog stuff, but it was all electronic, right? And then when we started using samplers and stuff, right? The emphasis, we came more on it being funky. Do you know what I mean? So if so if you remember in 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 the late eighties and through the early nineties, the primary goal was to be funky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not that's not even necessarily sampling funk music. It's just more like the rhythm of it or the attitude. You know, the rhythm and the attitude combined, right? Um, and I believe that a, a lot of that is to you know a lot a, you know a lot of that has contributed to why people loved it so much. Do you know what I'm saying? And then if you think about uh, from the 90s and through the 2000 up to now, that you know, there's a lot less of a emphasis on uh, the music being funky, do you know what I mean? So with, with that, a whole different attitude towards uh, the music is, is born, right? I feel like because it's funky because it's less funky, I think people are a lot less i don't know, I feel like this might be a thing people might disagree or whatever, but I feel like people are a lot a lot less in love with the music than they used to be. Do you know what I'm saying mm. like i I remember growing up um and you know just 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 you bringing up time you just making me think of different time time um zones and stuff but I remember growing up uh, being into this, this, this music and this culture, you know, it was completely just, you know, you were just lost in it. You just completely submerged in it. Like your whole life was based on it, do you know what I'm saying? How you interact with people, who you was looking out for and all this kind of stuff, do you know what I'm saying? But like now it's um, less of that, do you know what I mean? So I feel like people are, are, are less in love with it, do you know what I mean? And to, a certain, and, and to a certain degree, because it's people aren't as in love with it. And that's kind of leading it astray a bit. And, I, and I'll, I'll never be the one to say, to try and tell people how to make their music. But I noticed these things and these things don't, don't, you know, these things are not necessarily what, you know, what people are thinking of when they're sitting in front of the equipment or anything like that. But I do feel like, you know, that, that has contributed. So, so yeah you know, time, time affects everything, you know what I mean? we just, you know, it's, it's kind of, I always found, found that fascinating how, you know, as human beings, we just go through different zones of time where, you know, it's almost like the physics are different. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: Take me back for a second. You mentioned people not being in love with hip hop as much as they used to be. Where does mm-hmm. it start from you? When did you fall
0: in love with the culture? So let me think now. So, growing up i'd heard little things you know you hear little bits and pieces on the radio but it wasn't until i'm trying to remember if it was the the summer of 1990 um so basically what happened was i was in i was in uh nigeria for my um for my grandmother's funeral basically and um i was out there and, but when we came back, I came back with one of my cousins who came to live with us because he was going to start, you know, uh, start his life in London, basically. So, um, we came back, but the, 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 the important thing about that is that he came back with about three bin bags full of tapes, right? And, um, well, what would happen is he got a job at a Nigerian embassy. So Um, you know, he was just like, you know, not at home. And then eventually on on the weekends, you know, he would go and um, see, I think, his girlfriend, who later became his wife, basically. And um, so basically I had free reign of his collection. So obviously I used to just raid his collection, hardcore, (laughs) do you know what I mean? And then um, the thing is he had a pretty mixed bag, right? So he had he had like, um, you know, a lot of New Jack Swing stuff in there, You know, he had uh, just different stuff uh, in there. But the one thing that really caught my eye was this super multicolored tape, right? By a group called De La Soul, called Mm. Three Feet High and Rising. Do you know what I'm saying? So prior to that, I just heard bits and it was like, yeah, cool, you know. But when I heard that album, that was when I became interested in, it's like, it's almost like the penny dropped. Do you know what I mean? It became music, music became, you know, it sort of changed from something that was on in the background because I, you know, my parents used to play, you know, uh, around the house. They used to play James Brown. They used to play David Brubeck. They used to play Michael Jackson, off the wall stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, my, my, you know, my um, brother and sisters-in-law, they used to um, play a lot of stuff like Shalimar and all this kind of stuff around the house. So there was music, but it was always stuff in the background. When I heard Three Feet High and Rising, then I was like, holy shit. Do you know what I mean? What yeah. is actually going on here? Like all the sounds were like just grabbing my attention and just my, um, you know, just. um, It captured- changed everything. Yeah. It changed everything. Changed everything. It captured my, um imagination as well. Um, but what solidified it was when I actually um, heard Tribe Called Quest's um, first album. I know a lot of people talk about low-end theory and all this, but the first album, People's Distinctive Travels on the Path of Rhythm, that was that when I heard that album, that was when I was like, all right, I'm gonna actually try this now. Do you know what I mean? Because at that point, the combination of three feet high and rising and people's instinctive travels that just locked me in completely. And I was like, first of all, I was like, these guys, I was intrigued by the fact that they were almost talking, but, but even then I was noticing the patterns in how they were doing it. And and that funkiness, what we was talking about earlier, that, you know, that got inside my soul basically, do you know what I'm saying? But then not only just that, but it was a case of um, I was hearing the sounds, you know. I was hearing the sound bed that they were on as well, and I started to become intrigued with that. Like, how were these sounds being made? Like, what is this? Like, why, you know, why am I liking this so much? Do you know what I mean? So, so I'd say yeah, native tongues. Um, discovering native tongues was the beginning of 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 me falling in love with with this music. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah.
1: Branding. Give me knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Give me the true and living, not the vision of a phantom. Save the world. The mission was abandoned. And now the mental prison is expanding. Dark shit mankind has got his hands in. The madness to so turn your hair white and make your cap spin. They contaminate the theory of death to worshipping yourself. Worshipping material wealth. How pathetic. Humanoid greed is now genetic. And how to get it is your only concern. Who's broke? Who's rich? Who's fucking your bitch? Who got yeah. thrown under the bus? Or under the bridge, uh, who stays silent when the powers that be cancel the legend? Yeah. Except for the small handful of brethren. Yeah, look at this life, learn its, learn its lessons. Think about the creator and learn its presence, the essence, the essence. I wanna revive my life force, the essence. I wanna live life and learn lessons. I wanna go back to the essence, the essence, the essence. I wanna go back to the source, the essence. I wanna revive my life force, the essence. I wanna live life.
2: What is it that Alex Delage pulls from you? What is it that he pulls from you that makes working with him so special? And what have you learned about collaborating with somebody as rare as Alex is? We're talking about a producer who doesn't cut corners when it comes yeah. to quality, knowledge and execution. Mm. Mm. Very much, you know, energizing qualities to be
0: around for an artist like you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, with Alex, I think what he's brought out of me especially for this album was remembering how to enjoy the process. Right. So again, his beats were resonating with me so much. And there's, I mean, I've worked with so many people that their beats, you know, fully resonate with me, but this was a bit different because of, you know, um, I guess the sound bed he was, he was putting together, but, um, you know he brought out the enjoyment because again and now that I think about it is it you know a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that it reminds me of these early things that I used to listen to you know what mm-hmm. i mean um cuz you know I, I mean i mentioned um i mentioned um those native tongues album but you know in those earlier days i mean another thing that my cousin did right was um he used to just fiddle around with the radio a lot, right? So he, my cousin from Nigeria, who wasn't even born in London, um, he put, he found Choice FM. I think Choice FM had, ju- I mean, Choice FM, I don't know if you know about that, but it was a South London um radio station, right? It was a legit, yeah. So it was a legit station. I think at the time it was 1990. So I think they had just become legit, right? right. And he found... 279's Friday Night Flavors and he was like yo there's a there's a rap show oh you like this music there's a rap show on uh Friday night uh you should check it out and um literally after the first time I listened to it you know I was completely obsessed you know I would religiously um check out uh 279's show on a Friday night And, and then eventually just because of my cousin's influence of just looking through the radio, I found Matt Stelex and Davey J on Kiss, right? So all of those things that I was hearing on those those, um, stations, you know, I was completely in love with, right? Um, But like, you know, as I was growing up and stuff and then eventually was doing music and stuff like that, I'd met a lot of great producers, but no one that was doing that kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? So when Alex came along, I started to hear stuff that reminded me of, of those times, you know, um, cause you have to understand, like when I was, when I was, um, tuning into to the hip hop radio of the time, like I had to be there. I could not afford to miss a show because I would just miss some dope shit. You know what I mean? That's how influential it was for me. So, so, when I started, you know, hearing sounds from Alex that was reminding me of that, you know, it just brought out the kid in me again. And it was almost like, okay, oh, yo, okay. And, and also as well, it's not even just that he was making those beats, right? He actually understood the essence behind it as well. So we would have a lot of, like, conversations just about stuff you know, about stuff that we liked, or oh yo, the way he the way he got the drum sounding on this was crazy, or you know, oh yo, the the way he filtered that that sample was was dope. These type of conversations and, and also found finding out how he knew about this or that thing, or uh, I might put him onto something, or he might put me onto something, mm-hmm. you know, just enhanced the enjoyment of the process. Do you know what I mean? Because I felt like I was dealing with someone that I was on the same page with. Like, do you know what I mean? It was a lot of common ground. Exactly, man. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, so it was very, you know, like for example, when it, when I do um, strange you stuff, I love that too. But that's a whole other, that's a whole other um, process, and it's it's actually kind of harder. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, me and Zygot, we're going for a... Sp- specific thing and there's like a certain things we let do certain things we don't, but with, um, with Alex, there's a lot more free, you know, there's a lot more, uh, room to experiment, you know, he's like me in a sense as well. Like I might, I might record something to one beat, but then I might be like, Hmm, let me try this on another beat or whatever. And he was like, you know, he's like me in that sense, you know, he's like, he'll, he'll, um, you know, he'll start messing with a song that I've just recorded and I'll send him the vocals, but then he'll be like, hmm, let me try a different beat. And then he'll send it to me and I'll be like, yo, that's even better than the original, you know? That kind of interaction, I love that shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that, that to me is, um, you know, like the epitome of, you know, collabing with someone, collaboration. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. When you, do you know what I mean? When you can have that back and forth and you're just firing and you're both excited about the thing. you know what I mean? It definitely brings out a sort of uh, childlike glee. You know what I mean? Um, There's a
2: synchronicity attached to that process, isn't there?
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, And and it's, you know, not everyone gets it, but I was uh, grateful to have that on this album for sure.
2: So what was the beat selection process like? Did you already know the concept for the album before you went through the beats? Or or did it come to you when you were listening to the production?
0: Yeah, it was really everything just really came from the production, man. Do you know what I mean? Because the thing is, like, Alex's, you know, at the time was quite uh, prolific. Uh, and, and also, you know, with beat making, but then also he had built up a huge library of beats. So, like, I got tons and tons and tons and tons of beats, right? So I guess from going through them all, I was like, right, okay, I can make this type of album sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But it wasn't... um you know, in terms of, like, uh, a concept of what the theme was or anything like that, no. Nah. I, I kind of, like, when I get... When I hear, like, a range of beats, I, I kind of, like, feel like, yeah, this is the vibe that I can be on. But there's no, you know, there's no solid concepts yet until we get, like, three, four songs in. I mean, it's like, it's like that with... When I'm writing a, an individual song, even. Like, I'll never... I'm not, I'm not an MC in a typical sense where you know I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking of shit to rhyme together or a concept or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's what will happen is I, I, I always say I'll need a beat that makes me feel crazy. Because you know, I guess it's like you know I haven't got the words to describe what it is, but there's a certain feeling when I hear a, a beat that I can write to and it conjures up a feeling in me. And then what I'll do is I'll start writing And then usually, you know, and I won't have any sort of idea. I won't be like, right, this is going to be about this. I'll start writing. And usually by, you know, a couple of bars in, a sort of thing starts happening, you know, like I might catch a phrase and I might be like, that's interesting. And I go down that road and then the sort of meaning sort of like forms along as I'm writing it sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And I guess that, you know, that can be said for the whole process of putting the album together really you know it's really just um it's always just a case of you know the beat conjuring a feeling inside me do you know what i mean right. and then and then and then it just goes from there and it's, it's always a feeling that i can't necessarily if i got that feeling now i wouldn't be able to describe what that feeling is i just have to act on it basically do you know what i'm saying and then uh and then, and then you know i guess you know the universe will give me something you know what i mean
2: absolutely so how long are you typically sitting with a beat before it starts talking to you and in a case of this production specifically are any
0: of these beats challenging you Nah, no, i mean it's all pretty immediate do you know what i mean it's it's i kind of like i kind of know you know there's never a there's never a time that, i mean sometimes i mean sometimes there's a, a thing where i might get a beat from someone i might not see it at first, do you know what I mean? And then later down the line I'm gonna be like, oh yo, you know what? That one there, do you know what I'm right. saying? But um but yeah, no, I don't no, there wasn't anything that I had to sit on. It was very much and that and that was that feeds into the sort of like enjoyment part of it because it wasn't anything that I had to um you know it wasn't anything that uh challenged me in the sense of um this is like super weird, you know, how right. how can I get my head around this? Do you know what I mean? there's was nothing like that. It was all very...
2: It was meant to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was all very immediate. It all just fell into place, really. You know what I mean?
2: Do you remember a specific moment making this project where you thought, you know, this is starting to come together. We got a musical Style and Vision. Was there mm-hmm. maybe a line off top that you remember? Maybe a song or a beat that sort of set this pace and sparked an energy between the both of you?
0: Well, I think because the whole process kinda started when we put out we put out these two singles. We put out um, right. yeah, we put out uh Soul Calibur and North Star. So initially we weren't even supposed to be doing an album. It was just we were just gonna do a few songs and a few singles and just see where it went. But um because Soul Calibur did quite well, you know, HF were like, yo, you guys might as well kinda do an album, right? But um, I think we had, we had those two songs and then we did, the next song we did was actually House of Cards, do you know what I mean? And we was thinking about doing that as a single. But I remember once we had House of, once we had those three songs, it was kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. kind of like a path forming here, do you know what I mean? So I would say it was when we did, when we did House of Cards, And we look back on it all as well. Um, Yeah, House of Cards. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Dope. How long did it take you to put it together? Oh, the album took about... I don't know. I'm trying to think now. It's kind of like a year and a half kind of process. Okay. But but it wasn't the... We weren't making stuff the entire time necessarily. Do you know what I mean? I think I think I could say... If if my memory serves and I and I'm old as fuck, so you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, basically, I think we we pretty much I think we started in the top half of last year. I think was oh. it last year? I can't even remember when Soul Caliber came out, but um, yeah. And then I think I, I, if I was to, if I was to give it a, a solid timeline, I'd say it took about maybe about six, seven months of actual, you know, writing and recording and shit like that. And then after that, it was, you know, going through it all, you know what I mean? Maybe adding bits here and there. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it took about a solid six, seven months of actually making it. And then the rest of it was like mixing, getting artwork together, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah.
2: Let me ask you: Where do you consider this among your projects? Because to me, this this might be the one. This might be the best King Kashmir project to date.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say so as well. I'd say so. Do you know what I mean? Because um, you know, I I I put Strange You in a different category because you know it's you know the Strange You thing is it's a group thing, right? Do you know what I mean? Um, It's not like how me and Alex are. You know, me and Alex are two individuals who came together to do this thing, whereas Strange You is like a solid group. It's like, do you know what I mean? Um, what's it called? Like, in terms of my output as Kashmir, do you know what I mean? I think that this is definitely my best shit. Do you know what I'm saying? It's definitely my most enjoyable. And it's weird because with this one, um, like there was a less less of an emphasis on trying to, impress my peers with my, with my flows and shit like that. You know, that kind of mentality, do you know what I'm saying? Like it was less of that and it was more about vibing, do you know what I mean? And I think it, it definitely worked out for the better because I'd always struggled trying to, because you know what, as as much as I uh, love, the certain MCs that I love that have got complex shit, you know, like, you know, I was chatting to you before about, um, you know, people like Sir Menelik, you know, people like Godfather Don, you know, et cetera, et cetera, early Chino Excel, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, but and I love all that shit to the core, do you know what I mean? But there's also another side that I love, which is the native tongue stuff, you know, the large professor stuff, you know, the more like straight down the line type of MCs. And um, I've always struggled trying to find that balance of it not things not sounding because there'll be times when I'm like, oh yeah, do you know? I just want to come with more simpler styles or whatever, you know. What what's simple in my mind? Because I think in general my my flows and that are pretty much straight down the line. But I guess the mechanics of it in my head, are, you know, are you know sort of determine whether I think it's more complex or not. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, right. But like, yeah, no, like um, there was less of an emphasis on trying to be a super MC. you know what I'm saying? It was more like, right, find that balance of not sounding basic, do you know what I'm saying? But having a more simplistic approach to it, do you know what I mean? So, I had, to learn, so I had to learn a lot about making sure I'm picking the right words, do you know what I mean? And stuff like that, do you know what I mean? But But in, but in the same sense, it was quite fun to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's like word placement. You know, people don't even really think about that—that that kind of shit. You know what I mean? But like for me, in, you know, in my earlier time, right, when I was doing all my earlier stuff, right, I hadn't really understood about any of that shit. Do you know what I mean? I was kind of just going off whatever I'd, you know, whatever I thought I'd picked up. Do you know what I mean? Right. um I didn't really understand the mechanics of flows or, you know, shit like word placement or word selection. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, it's, it's since doing Strange You, I, I, you know, I, but you know, that was one of my biggest um, things because before Strange You, I, you know, stopped doing music for a couple of years. Do you know what I mean? And I was, I was said like, if I come back to doing music. I've got to be better than I was before. So that was, that started off my journey of sort of like, you know, actually really studying, do you know what I mean? And and figuring out how to do it better and more properly. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think a lot of that came to a head on this album. Do you know what I mean? All the stuff that I'd learned over the years about it, you know, at least to me, you know, showed up on this album. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Right. But, Let's
2: talk about that. Let's talk about those qualities showing up on this album specifically. What are some of those practices from your foundational years that you hold on to most tightly as values, I guess, still within your worth ethic today?
0: Well, I guess earlier, uh, the stuff that I take with me from the earlier times is, you know, definitely holding on to the idea of being creative. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, the thing about it is that um, I think a lot of rappers these days, like, You know, they don't want to explore their own imagination. Do you know what I'm saying? It's more to do with, you know, this cool word here or there or, you know, what's actually going on in their immediate vicinity. Do you know what I'm saying? And for me, I've always been the type of person, especially when I was younger, to lose myself in someone's album. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. I always felt like I was there in whatever environment that was, you know, that I thought was being sort of uh, conveyed, I felt like I was there, do you know what I mean? Especially, I mean, and that was the case with all the albums that I got into, but especially, you know, albums like, you know, like Dr. Octagon and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that was really the time I identified, you know, losing myself in an album, do you know what I'm saying? So when I... so so I always take that with me because I think that I want, I want that for the next younger dude that might be listening to my shit. Do you know what I mean? I want that person to be able to lose himself in that album, go take himself to another world. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause like music for me has always been an escapism thing, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's never, I've never looked to music to, necessarily inform me of what's going on in the world that's cool that's accepted and all that and that's uh you know uh, you know i love that but that's not what i look for in music do you know what i mean i just want to just be taken somewhere else man do you know what i mean well, so you're a comic book head too oh yeah hell yeah hell yeah definitely so and that yeah that feeds into it as well that feeds into it as well it's like um you know, it's just worlds, man. World, world building, you know what I'm saying? I, I love all that shit, you know what I'm saying?
1: I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out of yell. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm just going to take this oh, anymore. I'm doing it big, big it large, doing it sick. sick. I'm doing it big, big. Sharp as a razor, darker than vader. Graph the body parts of an angel. You can't spar with azazel. Fatal, fatal, fatal. They wanna talk business. Wow. But they get part of the table. Wow. I'm a black pterodactyl. Black pterodactyl. I ain't the one to put crack in the pipe or crack in a capsule. Crack in the capsule. Never the one to fake jacks on a mic. Put that in a manual. Put that in a manual. Never the one to fake jacks on a mic. Put that in a manual. Back to the rap skill. Tell me, why do you worship the skeleton holders? Why the hell do you do this shit? What will it take to bring heaven in focus? Focus. Open a doorway, malevolent hocus. Incoming, degenerate jokers. I'm going on. Turn up the volume into the red. I'm going on. Dread, 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 dread like predator's head. Dread, killing the irrelevant dead. Dead, severing the elephant's head. Head, severing. I'm sick. Better get me the relevant meds.
2: You mentioned Dr. Octagon, mm-hmm. one of the constants in your evolution as an artist has been this ability to pivot from one universe to another and live out these alter egos. Yeah. Yeah. It goes without saying, it's this real value that you've been able to reinvent yourself, essentially, with every alias under the music you've made over the years. Do you have a favorite alias?
0: Let me think now. In terms of, I'd say my favorite alias that I can think of off the top of the dome might actually be Galactus, actually. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that, you know, I mean, I think it, it was cool because at the time, you know, when I was making that album, um, that was a time when I was really getting into that character, actually, do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, even though the album, weirdly enough, the album wasn't even directly about, like I wasn't lifting stuff out of pages or anything like that. It was more of like uh, uh, a mentality that I sort of like, um just lived with throughout the whole time of, of doing that, do you know what I mean? And it, doing that album. And um, you know, that was a that was another album that was that was kind of interesting to make. And working with both Dr. Zygo and Jazz T, um, you know, you, you when you're working with dudes like that, you know, you you know you're in absolute safe hands, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like these guys like they they know their shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Yep. So so I guess yeah, I'd I'd say that was cool because as well um, with that album, you know, it kind of, you know, there was there was a certain element of it where you know I could just let my nuts hang and just talk my shit. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, that that that's probably my favorite alias, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying.
2: What about this album? Let's talk about this interest in sci-fi and specifically silver age comics. What kind of roles do they both play in stretch in your mind as much as your style and going beyond your form?
0: Oh man, uh, you know, it it's 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 vital. I mean, like you want the thing I really I really love about um comics, you know, is uh the 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 sort of the writing, man, it's kind of like you know, like the places that they go with the writing, it is just it, it's just mind blowing for me a lot. You know, uh, a lot of the times, man. I mean, because you know, I quite like. You know, obviously, you know, obviously, I love all the fourth world shit. You know, what I'm saying all the Jack Kirby. You know, all the um, apocalypse stuff. You know, Dark Side and all these guys. Um, I love, I love the um, I suppose What I love in comics as well. Um. I love when they deal with gods. Do you know what I mean? Cause when you deal when you're dealing with gods, man, it's just sort of like it it, it becomes less of a universe or more of like a like an omniverse, like do you know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like it's huge. And then when you start when you when these when this when you start reading these things and seeing where they go with some of their stories and stuff and their ideas, it kind of like leads you into sort of your own musings. And, 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 you know, that's what it's done for me, you know, because a lot of the time I would just be, I'd read something or whatever, but then in during my day, I'll just be daydreaming about that shit. Do you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, forming my own sort of um, worlds or, you know, um, just ideas and stuff like that. So, yeah it's definitely uh instrumental in 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 um expanding my mind because it's just so mind-blowing man and just opens you up to just different paths of thought like do you know what I'm saying um but yeah yeah it's I'd say they're absolutely vital and then but then, like also I think um uh, what what I do dig is sort of like like my fav- like my favorite comic book character of all time is Superman Right. And the thing about Superman is, you know, I I feel like that's a character that's largely misunderstood because a lot of people are just like, well, he's just a Boy Scout flying around. And it's so, so much more than that. So much more than that. Like, do you know what I'm saying? And what I find interesting is, you know, the way they write the character is like a character that's got such colossal levels of power, right? but his moral standing is so solid, yeah? It just can't be, it's it's very difficult to take a character like that off his path. And I think that's Mm. amazing. I mean, we're talking about a character that can literally shatter the planet that we're standing on, right? But yet and still, because he is so fundamentally good at his core, yeah, he's like almost uncorruptible. Do you know what I'm saying? But what I find, but another side side of that character, which I find interesting, um, is sort of the fact of like, yes, this is a force for good, yeah? But at the same time, yeah, don't get it twisted, right? Because if he gets taken off this path, it's curtains for everyone, do you know what I'm saying? And I, I find that to be quite, quite interesting. It's like in equal measures, inspiring and terrifying. Do you know what I mean? I I love shit like that. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: We're talking about duality, aren't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and, And actually that's what I love about Zack Snyder's take on Superman. Actually. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the guy gets a lot of criticism for his take on characters, which personally I don't understand. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there was a very good job done of, Showing because you know, we have to understand like the Richard Donner version of this character, right? Right, had everything laid out before him, right? He came to Earth, cool, but he, when he came of age, right, he got to stay in the fortress of solitude, yeah, being taught lessons by the AI Jorel for seven years before he was. Uh, before he came out to the world, right? So he had already studied um, all the knowledge, yeah, that the entire knowledge base, uh, the Kryptonian knowledge base of the 28 known galaxies that they had explored, right? He, he um, was taught Kryptonian level science, right? He was taught how to uh, use his powers in many different, Scenarios, right? Everything was laid out. So when he went, by the time he got out there, where was the journey? Do you know what I'm saying? With Zach Snyder's take on it, it was more like a real world thing where it was like, right, if I show my true nature right now, I'm going to end up in a lab. Do you know what I'm saying? And and that's interesting because like you can look at um jeff john's um flashpoint right and you can actually see what would happen yeah when you know if if this guy doesn't land in uh, in smallville and get picked up by the Kents do you know what i'm saying so actually the 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 threat of being um you know become becoming a lab rat is 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 uh extremely real so you know, you're looking at it from a real-world perspective of these people that are, you know, this couple that are extremely um and rightly so um you know worried about letting this guy come out into the world until he's ready. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then and then on top of that, you know, when it when that time does come where he has to go and find himself and he, you know, finds mm-hmm. The scout ship, like I'm talking about a man of steel, when he finds the 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 scout ship, he literally gets a day, yeah, until uh the you know the military guild Kryptonians, you know, like Zod and all these guys show up. Yeah. Now he's got to take his day's worth of learning, right, and somehow save the planet from from being terraformed into a new krypton and and i i was looking at that and i was looking online at all of the criticism people were talking about the destruction porn and all this, And i'm like you guys are like missing the point, point here. yeah do you know what I mean? and it's like you know uh, and i find that the case with a lot of um, his films, people losing the uh, people missing the point. Like even with Batman vs Superman, people talk about people talk about um, the idea of Batman killing, right? Missing the entire arc, missing the point of the entire arc of Batman in that in that film. The point is, the guy was in 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 Gotham City for twenty years, and you know, yeah, that Gotham villains are nightmare villains. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's been dealing with those guys for like 20 years. And what happens is he puts them away, they come back, kill more people, and it's just and the cycle keeps repeating. He even said 20 years in Gotham, who you know, who who uh, how many of the good guys have stayed good? You know, criminals are like weeds, you know. Um, and you know the, the the thing about it, and I think the the thing that pushed him over the edge to get more brutal, was obviously the killing of um, Dick Grayson, right? And a lot right. of people are like, oh, you shouldn't have done Dick Grayson, you should have done Jason Todd, like the comics. But the truth is, you know, Jason Todd's death would not have had the same effect for this storyline on Bruce Wayne, because everyone knows Dick Grayson is almost like Bruce Wayne's adopted son, like, mm. do you know what I'm saying? So the idea was that this pushed him over the edge. He's had enough of these guys. He's gone on a brutal rampage, right? And the whole idea idea was how he's going to come back to uh, you know to himself. Do you know what I mean? Um, people were talking about, but then instead, people were talking about, oh, he's branding people. He's doing. I mean, like Batman didn't wasn't killing people in that in that. You you have to understand, right? So you got a criminal organization, right? Who have uh, military grade weapons, actually beyond military grade weapons, because they were designed by Lex Luthor, right? True. So if, if if you have a bunch of nightmare criminals with military grade weapons, someone, 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 uh, you know, throws a grenade at you. If you then throw a car at them and they don't move out of the way, well, boy, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. And then, and then beyond that, it was like the nightmare future where literally Dark Side had taken over. So you have literally a nightmare future where most of the planet is under the anti-life equation. Superman is under the anti-life equation. You know, everything is chaotic. I was thinking to myself, hold on, you're worried about Batman shooting people. Would you like him to karate chop parademons? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Do you, think, uh, do you think you could take out a uh, Dark Side with a with a roundhouse kick? You know what I'm saying <laughs> I think a lot of the time people just lose, you know, they miss the point, you know what I mean, of, of things. You know, but um, but yeah, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about all this stuff. But all of this stuff feeds into what I do, basically. So I guess that's why I'm so passionate about it.
2: King Casper is
1: in the holy hour. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Coming back from the slime, the sentient void lurking in the back of my mind. I'm rising from a savage decline, an unknown force tingling the back of my spine. Uh, returning to the light, am I even the same? A negative energy follows me to keep me insane. Informing every breath I take, every move I make, every mistake, every rule I break. Uh, am I alive if I live like that? Am I alive if I thrive in the midnight black? Got me thinking about my life, should I give mine back? Did I sacrifice living for a thing like rap? Hey, yo. Witnessing the devilish rise, it's all tiresome. Trying to bring death to your lives, all nine of them. Uh, Your soul's got the flame on it. Got a one way ticket to hell with your name on it, huh? You need to fall back, slow it down a little. Yeah, turn the frown upside down a little. You need to fall back, slow it down a little.
2: when you think about all of those career-defining sessions during those formative years of defining your craft, what was the project where you felt stability as an artist in terms of being able to
0: master your
2: own universe?
0: Um, That would have to have been the Strange You LP 4080. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, that was the... that, That album... I mean, that whole Strange You process, actually, but when we got to that album, I think that was it. I think, like, the the process of what you're talking about I mean, of, of me sort of like mastering things right. started with probably EP 2040 actually, which was our second EP. Um, but definitely, and there was a lot of things that happened in between, but by the time we got to that album, I was like, okay, right. This is, you know, this, this is the point now where, you know, I'm not going to, Look at this and cringe into a ball, you know what I mean? Cringe right. into the fifth dimension, like, do you know what I'm saying? It's do you know what I mean? It was, um, that was the one where I was like, okay, right, I'm I feel good about this, you know what I mean? And even now, when I look back on it, you know, I, I'm not like, oh, I wish I didn't put that out, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was definitely that one, you know what I mean?
2: Got it. On the on the first song on this new album, Angel Strike, you say something yeah. to the, the effect of. You're trying to open a box. I'm curious as to where you think you've grown the most striving to break that box with this album versus the other albums you've released in the past.
0: Well, I'd say like um, I'm more, I think on this album, I was more authentically myself on this album, which is something that um, I haven't done on most of my other albums. When I say authentically myself, I mean like literally, um, you know, even talking about, certain aspects of my life um, in a direct way, you know what I mean? Which is something I never did back in the day. I mean, I, you know, I'd always sort of like, um, I'd always, I'd always sort of like mask it in some sort of like reference of some kind. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like with this album, I was really just being me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a character. It wasn't anything like that. So I guess, I guess it was the the honesty with myself, do you know what I mean? Which is uh I guess which is what I was um which is what I'd use to sort of crack open the box, do you know what I'm saying? You know, no. right mask it up in something else, do you know what I mean? Or try and subvert it in some way, you know, it's just it's just, you know, authenticity, man. I think that's that's one of the um I think that's one of the Sort of biggest internal themes for me on this album is the is the authentic or authenticity. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm,
2: mm. We were talking about Alex as a producer. Of course, we've been talking about his contribution to this project. When it comes yeah. to rapping and producing yourself, how do you evaluate yourself
0: as an MC versus being a producer? Um, it's it's interesting because I know this is going to sound weird, but I actually don't really see myself as an MC. You know what I'm saying? Really. Yeah, no, I don't, I really don't. Um I see myself as more of a musician. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, you know and that can encompass making beats or you know, or writing stuff down. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um but yeah, no, uh, it's it's this it's kind of like I mean, I mean, for me, the the beats are the most important thing. I'm more into beats than I am writing lyrics. Put you like that, do you know what I mean? So, um, although I approach it in a sort of similar way, I guess I I, pray, I approach both of them in a sort of similar way. I think that um, when I'm when I'm producing, I find that I can zero in a lot more when I'm producing. Do you know what I mean? um on certain vibes. Cause I because I feel like um when I'm making when I'm making music, when I'm making beats, you know, I think there's um a lot more that I have the capability to manipulate right. with. Do you know what I'm saying? Um so many ways you can go with it and so many things you can do to just create different moods and things like this. Um yeah, yeah, yeah so it's a, it's, that's an interesting question man you know what i mean i think i think I, I i think i i find writing more of a like i notice writing more than i notice when i'm making beats if that makes sense Do you know what i mean when I, when sense. i go you know what i mean when i go into making beats it's just a flow and it's just a a thing like just i don't know i can't really describe it it's just like a um yeah it's just like a I don't know, man. It's just like just an ebb and flow, I guess. I don't know, and and I can't really. And then by the end of it, I got something. When, when I'm writing, it's more of an, you know, it it can be more of a, 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 a an agonizing process, really. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you know, words are different, I guess. You know what I mean?
2: It it feels like there's a lot to be said about the strokes you make as a lyricist, with you know you consuming as many comics as you do. It feels like there is a distinction with the way your words flow the same way uh, a comic strip might flow in sorts, if that makes sense.
0: That's interesting. That's in, and, that, and that's actually a huge compliment, so a bit, big up for that, man. Do you know what I'm saying? But I guess, I guess um, yeah, I mean, you know what? It's one of those things where you may, like, I may not notice that I'm doing that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, because comics are you know, a, a, a pretty uh, significant part of my life. So I, I you know, I guess, I, you know, I haven't put two, two, two and two together um, regarding that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but that's good to know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: still listening to this episode and enjoying the podcast why not become a patron of fly fidelity at patreon.com slash fly fidelity becoming a patron means you are directly supporting our show and helping us to create a new episode each and every week. It also means that as a thank you for being a super supporter, you'll be able to access exclusive content to you, including Patreon updates, offers and discounts, a monthly secret podcast, early access, and so much more.
0: As a kid, I was always a big daydreamer. Do you know what I mean? My mind would always wander off somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? And just just think, do you know what I mean, about stuff. Do you know what I mean? Think about different scenarios. Think about possibilities and, and stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to in the writing, man. Do you know what I mean? And, and a lot of the stuff that I, you know, in terms of... Um, Comics and stuff like this kind of feeds into it. Like, for example, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of um, I'm a huge fan of Grant Morrison, right? So mm. Grant Morrison, as you as you may well know, you know, relies heavily on uh, a lot of sci-fi elements. Do you know what I'm saying? And you know, a lot, you know, he loses a lot of people. You know, I you know, I'm not I'm not there with them. I, I quite dig it. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, a lot of that stuff sort of like contributes um to you know, some, some of the musings, man. You know what I'm saying? Were you watching any films while you were writing for this album? Um, No, I was watching... I wasn't watching any films during this album, no. I was watching... I'll tell you what I was watching. I was watching... Um, I was re-watching Stargate SG-1. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is why you might hear a lot of Stargate references in there. Do you know what I'm saying? Um... But yeah, no, I wasn't watching films at this time. No, I wasn't. No, i was just trying to think. Um, I may have been watching. Yeah, no, the only thing, I, the only movie that I was watching actively was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Other, than that, other than that, I was, um, yeah, it was really SG1. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you didn't well,
2: watch a well, network?
0: No, I didn't watch Network during the making of the album. Got it. Right, but I always remembered. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? (laughs) I've just, I've just got this thing where, like, I, I, I I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little nuts, but I love seeing someone losing their mind. I'm saying, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and and in. That one thing that I took from there, like, it was so visceral, man. I was like, I'll never forget it. So I was like, I need to use this. And I was like, this is the opportunity, do you know what I'm saying? Because, because funnily enough, right, that song, it, it was Damien Dark, had right. nothing to do with that, do you know what I'm saying? But I just it just felt right, man. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those ones, man.
2: But yeah. It just really speaks to the moment, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It it, it it's definitely uh it is it's definitely uh relevant, man. <laughs>
2: What's the story behind the Hollywood skit with Flip Tricks?
0: Oh man, so <laughs> so really what it was, right, was um um so I I I think I was just—I don't know what what was wrong with me that day in the studio, but uh, you know, in my in my you know my lab. But it was basically, I had the idea for the inside skit first, right? Mm. And um, I just had this idea of like, you know, maybe halfway through the album or something, I just lost it or whatever. So like, you know, so I'm doing that, and so I had you know I had I had the thought of like. or 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 I lost it, or maybe I was getting a little bit too carried away, right? And um, so I did do the skit, and then, like, you know, Alex is on the skit, like, yo, this guy, I think he's off his meds or whatever, right? So when I said at the end, so the the whole idea of it was like, oh, look at this, I'm so carried away. Oh, we're getting out of the hood with this one. Do you know what I'm saying? Alex is like, nah, you're bugging, right? So I'm like... Yeah, let's go all the way with this. You know, what I'm saying I booked us tickets to Hollywood, etc. <laughs> so then the idea was that like I've gotten so carried away, right? And then we 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 end up in Hollywood, right? And then um, you know, I've just basically jizzed all this money on whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we're, we're stuck out there, and it's like yeah, sheepishly have to call Flip Tricks and say yeah. Um, can you can you get us, please? You know what I'm saying. So, I, think so I convinced Flip Tricks to, uh, to to act like he was uh, pissed off at us and shit. And 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 uh, basically, what what I want to do is I want to have that as an ongoing thing through different projects, man. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I mean, pe- people gotta know what we were actually getting up to in Hollywood, right? So keep keep your eyes and ears peeled. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: So the story but- continues.
0: The story continues. The saga continues, man. Do you know what I'm saying? But I mean, also again, you know, you was earlier on. You was asking about what I take with me from those earlier albums, and you know, skits are were a big thing, you know, for me on on albums. You know, it kind of almost, you know, it, it definitely helped transport you to whatever world that they were that they were operating in. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because because it's, it's like it's one thing having the songs, but then to have this dialogue or activity outside of the songs, you know what I mean, just enhances the whole experience and um it definitely uh something I wanted to, to channel for this album, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just gonna take a quick trip to Mars, you know oh, what I mean? I Let's go, there, you know what I'm saying? So like, go Yeah, nice location. You know what I'm saying? Got me a nice 40. Ah. Gotta a blunt, I'm saying? Gonna go get busy, gonna be a there chillin'. Yeah,
1: yo, who keeps the haters under manners? If it ain't King Kashmir, it must be brother Alex. I tell I hate a hater a phallus, it's a street fight, a brother's under my stress. Trying to figure it out, living in doubt, it's like I'm trying to swim in a drought. Infinite clout's a myth, I'm only here for a slice, but I'm destructive, I'm like the Lord Beerus of life. Oh. Manic, making noise by a tree Former resident of a planet destroyed by a sneeze It seems you enjoyed my defeat Now it's peak, might wanna avoid my degrees Yo, it's the God, don't forget that Swerving the setbacks like Adam Strange with the jetpack Unimpressed by civilian trash I keep removing moving till a brother sees a million cash
2: Speaking of transportation, what can you tell me about 4,000 AD? How does that come about?
0: So 4,000 AD, we was already... So at that point, I think I'd already uh, made... I'd already produced the Cocoa Bar EP um, um, for Ronell 893 that came out on High Focus, right? And... um, the thing is, Alex DeLarge, actually, he actually mixed that project as well, right? right. So we were there and we were thinking about who to get on there. And um, Ronell is just so dope, man. He's just so dope. Like, and he's—and thing about mm-hmm. him as well is that he sounds quite different to how everyone else spits, do you know what I mean? He's definitely a very like solid mm-hmm. character as well. So it was like, man, it just makes so much sense to get him on here. And Alex, you know, that was, I mean, th- yeah, that was one of the things that was on, yeah, just on the on the uh, you know, millions of beats that he um, he gave me and stuff. And it was just another one of those ones that was just really easy to do. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to think of, um, there was no real, there wasn't actually, you know, believe it or not, there wasn't a theme behind it. It was really just like, let's get busy. You know what I mean? And um right. And literally that was it. You know what I mean? That that's that sort of leans into the fun aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like of, of what Alex brought out of me, you know, of it not needing to be a thing. It was just like, look, let's just let's just get busy on some raw shit. You know what I mean?
2: Solar Flare. that's an interesting track in it features Verb T, who you're, mm. prior to doing this album, you're supposed to be doing a project with, if I'm writing yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. How does that
2: track come about, man?
0: So we, and that was like, what you hear on the album is like the third version of that, you know? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, there was at least two other versions of, of that tune. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because that was the original... That was the original thing that was gonna happen when, when I first started talking to Alex. It was really a case of um um let's I know all three of us do a project. But you know how it is, you know, with with you know, like back in the day when someone was on a record label, let's say someone was on on Electra, right? Um, right. you know, they get a deal, they'll make their album. The way that the things used to run back in the day was, you know. This person, they'll be in the studio for however long they make their album, then they'll go on tour, then they'll come back, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, make another one, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was very regimented like this. It wasn't, oh, let's do collabs with a million other people because everyone was on, on under contract and stuff like that. So it was very straightforward down the line. But for us in the UK hip hop scene, we're constantly working on all kinds of different shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Stuff, some stuff doesn't even come out, do you know what I mean? But um, with that, I think that's what happened there. Really, it was really a case of, you know, we was on on board to do it, but then other things come on. I mean, like Verbs has got like four owls, and you know, I was I'm involved in you know all kinds of shit. Godstats, this this that that. So yeah. um, you know, so it didn't happen at that time, but we still wanted to obviously do do the work. Do you know what I mean? Do you know? So um, so yeah, it was very simple, man. I had the beat. I was like. And I think I did my verse first, and I was like, yeah, this, this is a vibe that, um, that Verbs um, would fit on. Because we often, me and, me and Verbs, we always talk about, um, we, you know, we, we love, like, jazz-influenced hip-hop, man. We love that shit, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we're all often always talking about it. So, especially with the first version of the tune, it was like, um, I was like, man, this, this has got Verbs written all over it. And he he did it. Do you know what I mean? So so he did that. And it was really just us two for a while. Do you know what I mean? Then it was more, then we started speaking about, you know, should you know, should we get collabs on there? Who can we get? And it sort of moved onto the on onto the question of should we talk to some people stateside and stuff like that, right? And then um yeah, we spoke to, you know, we tried to hit up a few people. But then Alex was like, ah, oh, do you know what? I was speaking to Mocha Only about something else. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe we could talk to him about um, getting on there. And it was, for me, it was just like a hell yeah. I'd already said hell yeah in my head before he'd even finished the sentence, to be honest you. Do you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm, I'm a huge uh, Mocha Only fan. That guy is ridiculous with it. and Super
2: um, prolific as well.
0: Oh, man. Like, his he takes... Word prolific and just takes the piss. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm, real. I'm I'm pretty sure that he's he's got more music than Mad Lip. Do you know what I mean? Which is actually an insane thing to say, but I think he might. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: um, you know, uh, so yeah, it was and, and you know what, man? He was so like cool, man. Do you know what I mean? It, I couldn't have asked for a better. Interaction, man. Do you know what I mean? He was just mad cool, just good vibes, man. Just good vibes all the way. So yeah, I I, I have to say that was definitely um that's definitely a moment for me to actually listen back and hear or, or look in my Ableton project and see a mocha-only verse in there. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just wild shit for me, man. You know it's I mean? a moment
2: for sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Can you share any other examples of songs where they went through this big evolution like you just mm. said about this song? Are there any other songs that went through this crazy evolution?
0: Yeah, so we had so we had uh Angel Strike. Um we also had uh Solar Flare. I'm trying to think what else did. Um there's a song called Limbo as well. Mm. That was a whole other vibe because to beat that um we had for that was probably even more minimal than what was on the album. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Interesting. and, And it was slower as well. I mean, even with Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur was not the original version. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the original version was like some showbiz production. Do you know what I mean? It was like, and it was like 80, 85 BPM or some shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was uh it was like a mid-tempo sort of banger, um, but you know that's it. Over time, you're like, uh, maybe we could try something else. I'm trying to think what else, what else went through that. Um, hmm, I'm not sure about this album, but I can tell you that um, I produced an album. I'm in a group called God Status, right? Our hmm. first um, project called Firmamentum. Momentum. Mate, the whole thing, I'm talking the whole project, went through about four phases. Talking like each each beat, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, oh yeah, I rearranged one or two. No, I'm talking the entire project went through about four phases. Do you know what I mean? And that was a good experience for me because the the good thing about doing it that way, because, okay, the reason why I do things like that or me and Alex do things like that. It's because back in the day, that's how things were made. Songs used to be developed back in the day. Do you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, it wouldn't just be like, right, here's the beat. Here's your verse. Goodbye. Do you know what I'm saying? It'd be like, all right, we, you know, we got something here. We got the skeleton or something. You'd experiment. Exactly. You'd experiment and you just build it up to, to what it is. Like a lot of the classic stuff, that we listened to, you know, that went through all kinds of changes and stuff before it became that solid piece of work that it was, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that is the mentality behind that. I mean, like, the as, as it stood, the first version of Firm Momentum could have probably gone out, but it was sort of my thing of like, now nah, I can do better, I can do better. And it just kept, developing it until it was something that we was like, you know, we could be really, really proud of, do you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I think that's a good way to do it, you know? Not everyone's got the patience for that, do you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's definitely a way that I'll, I'll always work, do you know what I mean? Not everything needs that, but, you know, it's good to recognise when something th- does need that, do you know what I mean? Because there's, there's a lot of people that feel like just because they've recorded it That's it. Do you know what I mean? But nah, you know, if you can, if you feel like there's somewhere in you, you will feel like there's room for improvement. You know what I mean? And if it's, if that voice is loud, you know, you should definitely act on it, man. I, I feel you'll always have the original version. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, I encourage people. I mean, we're in the creative industry. So I'll always encourage people to, or nudge people to experiment a bit more and develop the ideas more. Do you know what I'm saying? yeah
2: definitely thinking back over the creation of this album what have you learned and, and do you see an evolution in the way you've worked with each other in the past
0: yeah I mean I've um, I've learned to I've learned lyrically at least I've learned to not be so hard on myself necessarily do you know what I'm saying because I'm you know anyone that knows me knows I'm my number one critic do you know what i'm saying and um uh i've kind of noticed that i've I've kind of realized that um you know i i don't need to look at it like in i don't need to look at things in a, a sort of negative way if i'm not get, getting the results you know what i'm saying kind of just let it go and move on you know what i'm saying which is huge for me do you know what I mean because it's something that I wasn't able to do before. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And, um, you know, just loosen up a bit and, and enjoy it more. Do you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and look for things more. Do you know what I mean? Like look, you know, like zero in and just try and, uh, make those small details bigger. That's something I learned from Zack Snyder. Do you know what I'm saying? Zero in on the small details and make them bigger. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's that kind of stuff, really. Um, which was a a huge thing. Because listen, man, for a long time I wasn't, you know, music was feeling was beginning to feel like a chore, do you know what I mean? Because I wasn't necessarily enjoying it. I was striving to do my best shit, but I wasn't necessarily like loving the process, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that I'd say that's the that's the um main thing I've sort of learned is reacquainting myself with loving the process, man. What's next? So the next thing is, there's a few things coming. Um Basically there is a project with this uh Brighton based producer called Cuff. Um We, I'm doing this project. Well, I've done this project with him called sounds like home. Uh um Like I was saying to you earlier, it's, you know, a lot of the production was reminding me of where I grew up. So, um, yeah that was awesome to do. Um, so that's coming out I'm probably towards the end of the year. and then me and Alex have got another thing that we we'll work that we're kind of working on. Cash Alex and Friends, which is all produced by me uh, this time, and it's uh, EP format this time, and it's uh, just us with some people that we, you know that we're feeling that are around us, do you know what I mean um, to do uh, features and stuff. so that that's um, that's fun. And then there's and then beyond that, there's more Strange You stuff coming, but it's quite different to what we you know, what we've done before. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, from like 120 BPM to like 140 BPM. Do you know what I mean? On there. But mm-hmm. it's all like quite um, yeah, it's all um quite it's it's still strange you. I'll put you like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? Um, it's because that was the that was part of the um, that's a, that's another challenge as well um, that i have been um, going for as well recently is um, doing something at that tempo that heads can still dig. Do you know what I mean? Because you know a lot of people get repulsed by any sort of double time patterns or anything like that. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no, actually, how about this? Do you know what I mean? So, um that you know that's what we're going for for that, and then beyond that, there's another project that I'm working on, you know messing with the sort of similar type of tempos, but there's gonna be i'm bringing in some features from some notable um grime m c s that I dig quite a lot um but yeah it's um it's it's very much still hip hop, but you know. Just 130 BPM. Do you know what I mean? You, you. I think it'll it'll make a lot more sense when people hear it. Do you know what I'm saying? I know yeah. some people now are probably running the streets, going, "No, 130 BPM." But when you hear <laughs> it, you, you'll understand. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah.
1: Infinity. Infinity. In its simplest definition would simply be without limit. It's not a definition, it's not a sign. We might have all first heard of no limit from Math to P in the 90s, it's no limit soldiers. Yo, they're telling me it's limitless The flesh is weak, but the energy is, energy is infinite Beginnings the end, the end is the beginning The snake eating its tail, the secret in the grail The multiverse germ worlds and realms higher are in danger For track vampires and hell's fires Shadows cast over this reality Walking on the hallowed grass hoping for some clarity The big bang to big crunch times infinity Only enhances my abilities The cycle repeats and hides the mystery. I stand in awe watching nature write the symphonies The figure eight lays sideways My eight eyes yeah. blaze Like Asriel's blaze I wish I could show my appreciation for this podcast I wish I could respond to it somehow Or be notified in the future when Fly, Fidelity Updates because it's so great But I don't think there's a way I can do any of those things Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud and never miss an episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My peoples are you with me where you were!